1 Kings chapter 9. When Solomon had finished the building of Yahweh's house, the king's house, and all of Solomon's desire, which he was pleased to do, Yahweh appeared to Solomon the second time as he had appeared to him at Gibeon. Yahweh said to him, I have heard your prayer and your supplication that you have made before me. I have made this house holy, which you have built, to put my name there forever, and my eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. As for you, if you will walk before me, as David your father walked, in integrity of heart and in uprightness, to do according to all that I have commanded you, and will keep my statutes and my ordinances, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom over Israel forever, as I promised to David your father, saying, There shall not fail from you a man on the throne of Israel. But if you turn away from following me, you or your children, and not keep my commandments and my statutes, which I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will cut off Israel out of the land which I have given them, and I will cast this house which I have made holy for my name out of my sight, and Israel will be a proverb and a byword among all peoples. Though this house is so high, yet everyone who passes by it will be astonished and hiss, and they will say, Why has Yahweh done this to the land and to this house? And they will answer, Because they abandoned Yahweh their God, who brought their fathers out of the land of Egypt, and embraced other gods and worshipped them and served them, Therefore Yahweh has brought all this evil on them. At the end of twenty years, in which Solomon had built the two houses, Yahweh's house and the king's house, now Hiram the king of Tyre had furnished Solomon with cedar trees and cypress trees, and with gold according to all his desire, King Solomon gave Hiram twenty cities in the land of Galilee. Hiram came out of Tyre to see the cities which Solomon had given him, and they didn't please him. <laughs> He said, What cities are these which you have given me, my brother? And he called them the land of Kabul to this day. Hiram sent to the king 120 talents of gold. This is the reason of the levy which King Solomon raised to build Yahweh's house, his own house, Milo, Jerusalem's wall, Hazor, Megiddo, and Giza. Pharaoh king of Egypt had gone up, taken Giza, and burned it with fire, killed the Canaanites who lived in the city, and given it for a wedding gift to his daughter, Solomon's wife. Solomon built in the land Giza, Beth Horon the lower, Balath, Tamar in the wilderness, all the storage cities that Solomon had, the cities for his chariots, the cities for his horsemen, and that which Solomon desired to build for his pleasure in Jerusalem, and in Lebanon, and in all the land of his dominion. As for all the people who were left of the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, who were not of the children of Israel, their children who were left after them in the land, whom the children of Israel were not able to utterly destroy, of them Solomon raised a levy of bondservants to this day. But of the children of Israel, Solomon made no bondservants, but they were the men of war, his servants, his princes, his captains, and rulers of his chariots and of his horsemen. These were the 550 chief officers who were over Solomon's work, who ruled over the people who laboured in the work. But Pharaoh's daughter came up out of David's city to her house, which Solomon had built for her. Then he built Milo. Solomon offered burnt offerings and peace offerings on the altar, which he built to Yahweh three times per year, burning incense with them on the altar 
that was before Yahweh. So he finished the house. King Solomon made a fleet of ships in Ezion Geba, which is beside Eloth on the shore of the Red Sea, in the land of Edom. Hiram sent in the fleet his servants, sailors, who had knowledge of the sea, with the servants of Solomon. They came to Ophir and fetched from their gold 420 talents and brought it to Solomon. So it's the, um, it's the chapter after Solomon's just dedicated the temple and the Lord appears to him again, a second time. And the Lord reminds him of the promise. But we find in here, it's a, it's a promise that cuts both ways. The promise says, if you'll keep walking with me, you and your children, I'm going to bless you. But if you don't, <laughs> he says, I'm going to tear this temple down and it's going to become a byword. And people are going to say, you know, what happened to this grand... Can you imagine the most elaborate building in the earth? You know, what would that be? You know, you could think of something like the Taj Mahal or there are some pretty elaborate buildings in the earth today. I don't think anything as elaborate as this temple. But you can imagine people saying, why is the temple torn down? And then people would say, well, it's because they didn't follow the Lord their God who brought them up out of Egypt. And so the Lord, the Lord was prom basically promising to Solomon both good and bad. The promise was, uh, if you don't follow me, I'm going to tear that temple down. And, and the temple was a witness to God either way. If people followed the Lord, the temple was a witness to his glory. If they didn't follow the Lord, it was a witness to his glory, but through his justice and the fact that the Lord was almighty. And, and the Lord has never been someone who needed physical things to make him feel better. You know, you see on the internet, you know, people who get wealthy and they the first thing they do is buy a Ferrari because for some reason they're a better person if they have a fancy car. Uh, but the Lord doesn't need anything to be better. He doesn't need a fancy building and, and he <laughs> is just as happy to flatten the building and it speaks to his glory in other ways. And so we see in the course of the Bible that the Lord destroys his temple twice. But in the end, the Lord was building a temple that wouldn't be destroyed, which was our lives being joined together. There are some people in the world today that are all on about this idea of a third temple. And they think it's got to be built in Israel. It's got to be built right on the spot where that, that Muslim um, Dome of the Rock is. And they think that when that happens, then the end of the world can come. But it's, it's all complete nonsense. The third temple has been under construction for 2,000 years. It's, the Bible talks about a temple made of, you know, it's a living house. It's a spiritual house made of living stones. It's you and I. Our lives are being built together to be a temple. The Old Testament pictures were always physical things pointing to things that were much more real because the Lord could never illustrate uh, the, real, the, the more real thing without some other real thing to use as an example. And so this is what the Lord does. He builds a physical temple to illustrate that there's another type of temple. That's, it's something more real, but it's an abstract concept, but it's the greater reality. And what we have now is the third temple, but it's the, the more real temple. It's the thing that the Lord had ultimately intended all along. It's the joining of our lives together because in our love and care for each other, that's where the Lord can dwell, a temple for him. And the Lord had no problems destroying the shadows and the types because in the end, he didn't need them anymore. And so uh, the Lord makes this promise to Solomon, if your ancestors don't follow me, I'll flatten the temple. And we find out that that happened twice.
It happened in 586 BC when the Babylonians came. And the second time, it happened in AD 70 with the Romans. And strangely, both of those temple destructions happened on the same day in the Jewish calendar. Isn't that weird? We'll talk about that when we get to the destruction of the temple later. Solomon gives 20 cities to Hiram, king of Tyre, as a gift. Tyre visits them and does not like them. And he calls them Kabul, which means good for nothing. <laughs> so uh, so it it's probably was not funny at the time, but it's just a thing. And then finally, at the end of the chapter, we see that Solomon sends out ships from Ezion Geba, which is in the modern Israelite city of Elat, way down the bottom of Israel. Israel comes to a point at the very bottom that just touches to the Gulf of Aqaba. That's where Jordan and Egypt and Israel all kind of join together in this one point. Well, that city there is called Elat. It's a tourist city. People go scuba diving there. The, apparently the coral reef is super fabulous. The water is also shallow too, which really helps with a lot of the light because the deeper you go in the water, the more you lose color. But right there in that part of the ocean, it's only like six, seven. It's less than 10 meters, which means all the reds and the oranges are still there. And so people go scuba diving, fabulous place. Well, that's where Solomon set sail from with his ships. They went to Ophir and they bring back gold, huge amounts of gold. And it says in the later chapter, they brought back peacocks and all sorts of stuff. Some people don't know where Ophir is. In fact, there's a bit of a discussion amongst experts. Where was Ophir, this land of gold? Some people thought it was Arabia. Some people thought it was, you know, Africa. Um, I just think, well, if they're bringing back peacocks, isn't it going to be India or somewhere like that? Somewhere in Asia. And that's also one of the very popular locations. So anyway, what we see here is a picture of <laughs> Solomon, you know. And this is, this is kind of like, this chapter and the next one is the, is the winding up of Solomon's good chapters. You remember in the life of David, there was good chapters and bad chapters. Everything was good up to the time of Bathsheba, and from then on it was all trouble. This is the second last of the good chapters. The next one where, Bath, where uh, the Queen of Sheba visits, that's the last of the good chapters. And then we start getting into all the terrible things that happened to Solomon. So Father, we thank you for these chapters. We thank you, Lord, that you're in every chapter of the Bible. And I pray you'd speak to us, speak to our heart. May our love and appreciation for the Word of God and our knowledge of the Word of God grow. Lord, help us to be able to answer every question that's put to us. In Jesus' name, amen.